looking to learn more on how to build wealth through real estate? You're in the right place. Welcome to the Make Money Make Sense podcast with Dante Belmonte. Each episode, we have the privilege to bring you a professional in the real estate world. One that will help you become a top investor, whether that's a passive role or managing the day-to-day. Let's jump right in. Hey everybody, thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of Make Money Make Sense. I'm your podcast host, Dante Belmonte. I know I've been having a pretty good week. My partner and I have some good leads coming in. We actually got a pretty good lead on a self-storage facility locally where I'm located and I'm actually going to walk those units with the owner, uh, the inside climate control, because I've already walked the outside later this evening. Hopefully something comes out of that. Today's guest is Mark McMahon. Uh, Mark's over just about in Orange County on the West Coast. He's going to come on the show today, drop a lot of knowledge. He's been doing this for a little over 11 years now, and he's done it all. Airbnbs, vacation rentals, um, he's done burrs, he's done flips, long-term rentals, so he's going to touch on all of it. Hope you guys enjoy the show. If you can, head over to Apple Podcasts, give us a five-star rating, and write us a review. That really does help the show out. Mark, welcome to the podcast. Today, we've got Mark McMahon on the podcast. We've been trying to get you on here for a while now, and I'm glad we finally actually got to get you here. So, Mark, would you like to go ahead and introduce yourself, my friend? Sure, Dante. I'm uh, Mark McMahon. I live in Orange County, California which is, well, let's say, just halfway between L.A. and San Diego on the coast. And uh, been in real estate investing for about 11 years now. And before that, and still, uh, you know, construction car, car, contractor. Um, and uh, so I've got that background. And uh, in the interim, I've become a real estate agent and a couple of other things. But uh, my background is construction. So. Okay. Sounds like you wear a lot of hats is, is what you're telling me. I don't know much yeah. different things. <laughs> yeah. It sounds just kind of like you, kind of like you. Yep. Exactly. Yeah. It, when you're in real estate, many of us find that we're doing lots of different things uh, just to, you know, keep things moving smoothly. So yeah. why don't you uh, start and tell us how you got started with real estate investing? Where did this all begin for you? Sure, sure, sure. So coming out of the recession, well, I guess in the depths of the recession, not coming out. Uh, my wife, Yuko, and I, who is my partner, um, she was a landscape contractor, and I was, I've been a general contractor all my life, but at the time I owned a chain of koi pond stores. Yeah, koi pond, you know, like the fish. <laughs> yep. and so we built koi ponds, and, and that was what we did. And, you know, coming, coming out of the, the 2007 into 2008, nobody wanted those anymore, right? So, we went broke almost overnight. All of our jobs canceled, um, no income. We started losing everything. I started panicking and uh, things went downhill real, real quick. And I'd never really had to shift too much. I'd always been in construction. So it was an alien thing to me, you know, to not have work. And, and I, kinda, I kinda dipped real low. And my wife ended up going back to Japan with our youngest son to stay with her parents for a while. I got my head together while she was gone for a couple of weeks and ended up going to an investment club meeting. And uh, I, I'm, I'm giving really the abbreviated story here. So there's nobody out there crying right now for me, but um, 
went to that, sat down next to a guy that was flipping mobile homes and a light bulb went off in my head. Uh, I went out the next day and started uh, hitting up mobile home parks here in Orange County, uh, managers. And uh, I think it must've been in my end of my second day, someone showed me a mobile home that was park owned, ended up buying it for a hundred bucks. Wow. Uh, had to borrow, borrow. I mean, we ended up getting a credit card in the mail during that really short amount of time with, I think a $2,500 balance on it. And the funny thing is all of our other credit cards were maxed out and late, but someone, you know, whatever happened, happened. And we got that and we were able to, uh, I was able to do all the work myself and fix it up. It was, I mean, it literally had holes in the ceiling. Pigeons were living inside. It was bad. And we sold it for 17, I believe. So we ended up making, you know, like $12,000 after it was all said and done. Wow. And uh, during that time, my wife had come back from Japan and really very angry with me for spending that $100 because literally that was probably about all we had left. Wow. And she, she came on board when she saw what I was doing. She ended up going to the investment club and took a, a class there. She ended up t uh, taking their course and she started uh, bird dogging. So she was, you know, a step below wholesaling. We were, we were uh, cold calling and putting in offers for the person that ran the club. And then I think she got probably two or three houses under contract in the first couple of months. She was the winner out of the class of like 30 or 40 people. She won because wow. we were working, you know, when I wasn't working at the trailer, we were working on that till one o'clock in the morning. Right. Anyway, and that's how it evolved. We, we, massive wins, massive losses through the years. And we just keep, you know, taking a step back and two forward and one back and learning. And, and now we're, you know, we're going through what everybody else is going through right now because we have a lot of rentals, but uh, uh, we'll make it and we'll come out stronger. So. Awesome. I, I love the attitude. I love the mindset there as well. Very encouraging words for a lot of people that are listening right now, I'm sure, that yeah, are going through you know, similar things. So, yeah. Mark, tell us what you have evolved into with your real estate investing career today. How does that look as far as what you're doing right now? That's a great question because it's different than it was a year ago. So, I was kind of starting to slow down. We've got a, a, not a huge portfolio, but a portfolio that's the, the debt ratio on it's fairly low. So we've got apartments in Sacramento. We've got a few properties here in Southern California and we've got vacation rentals over in Hawaii. So very diverse, uh, very profitable until COVID hit. So mm. once COVID hit, uh, Hawaii emptied out, obviously nobody can go over there. Right. And that was a big source of income for us. Um, so, you know, we had to kind of, we had to kind of uh, 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 switch, switch things up a little bit. And during that time, uh, about 10 months ago, 11 months ago, a young man hit me up on Instagram and said that, you know, basically my videos were terrible and he wanted to come in and film for me and edit for me and uh, liked him. He was 21 at the time. And fast forward 10 months, we have now uh, opened up a wholesale division here and he is in charge of that. And uh, 
I went from thinking about slowing down and retiring to being completely neck deep in work again and <laughs> loving. So we're, we're wholesaling, we're flipping, uh, buy and hold. I haven't done any buy and hold for about 15 months now. Um, uh, not, not that I wouldn't, but besides what you already have in your portfolio for rentals. Correct. Yeah. That was my last big purchase was an eight unit apartment complex. Um, but we would absolutely do it in a heartbeat, but it has to fit my criteria. So, of course. Um, um, so yeah, we're doing that. So we've got one, uh, one beautiful house closing escrow tomorrow. We'll do a, we'll do a prehab on that. Takes about two weeks. We'll put it back on the market. I think we bought it for five twenty. We'll list it for seven. So awesome. that, wow, those be, that'll be a, prices that'll are crazy. <laughs> yeah, that'll be a home run. That's for a two bedroom, one bath house. So wow, is that is that right in Orange County? That's actually in L.A. County. Okay, yeah. So that makes yeah. sense with those prices. I mean, we we see stuff like that for those prices, but you get a you know a six bedroom house for fifty two hundred yeah. square feet here. <laughs> this is why, other than when it snows, I want to live where you live, right? Exactly. So yeah. you you can do so much more, and you know it's funny people don't realize. You know, they look in areas like this where you can make all this money on stuff like that, but it took me a long time to get there. You know, if you live in an area where houses are less expensive, there is so much more opportunity and people don't see it. They, yeah. they want to go after the big stuff and the small stuff is where the money is. The small stuff that can turn into rentals if you have a problem. Right. And that's very true. And, you know, that's where a lot of people get started. People try to graduate from it because they want to get to the bigger ones, but the small ones are really where the, you know, the wealth and the income can be made. Now sure, you said you had some stuff in Hawaii. Were those vacation rentals? Yeah. So we've, we had five condos over there. We, we have a second home over there. Uh, my wife and I do um, that we don't get to go to very often, especially the last six months. Yeah. Because <laughs> uh, it's a 14 day quarantine. Even if we, sort of live there part-time we still have to 14-day quarantine and they check so we've just kind of stayed away uh but we sold two of those condos last year and we have three left and unfortunately those have been fairly empty the past six months since this whole thing started so i'm sure and are those under airbnb vrbo how does uh, how do you get tenants in all, the, of, the above. all of the all above. above so we okay. self-manage those for several years um with with an island with someone on island that would would you know take care of what needed to be taken care of greek guests that kind of thing and then we managed it out of our office here we had a girl that almost full-time on it um and it, it just became too much trying to manage the people over there so we got a management company now that does a great job and uh, we don't make as much but we don't have to think about it Right. It's not as much of a headache. It's more hands off for you guys. Right. Right. So before COVID hit, we had enough equity built up and uh, the income had built up over the years that it didn't bother, didn't hurt us to, to hire management. Right. But, right. Uh, you know, if you're doing, if you're doing vacation rentals, just a quick word of advice, you know, anything and everything can change with that. And if it does, if the city decides that they don't want that anymore, which is what happened in Waikiki at the first of the year, mm. um, it can devastate you. So be very careful with that. Do not drink the Kool-Aid that a lot of people are <laughs> talking about out there when they say that you can make a fortune with vacation rentals. 
buy my course. Um, you know, I'm nothing against courses. I just spent $9,000 on a course. Don't tell my wife. Um, for, for, for something real estate related. And I'm all for spending money to educate myself. But there are certain things, and I don't mean to get on a soapbox, but there are certain things where people are, are selling you a bill of goods. And you shouldn't, you shouldn't fall for it. And that's one of them. Because if, it's, if regulations change, you, you can lose everything. Most uh, we, definitely. We shifted. We're, we're very nimble and we have money. A little bit of money saved up so we were able to weather the storm and we'll make it through but some people won't i know a lot of people that are losing their places over there right now so yeah and and you said you have a course um i'm working on one right now uh but it's strictly for beginners because that's kind of what i i i if you know a lot there's no need to listen to me but if you're just beginning i kind of like to share all the mistakes that i've made because, you know, I, I like to kind of talk about the fact that I've lost a million dollars since I started in this, in this real estate game. I've literally lost a million dollars in cash. And through mistakes, through trusting people, through a lot of different things. And I want to make sure people don't do that. So I'm, I've got nothing to sell today. I seriously don't have anything other than, you know, I don't want to see people fail. I want to see people be careful do the right thing and set themselves up correctly. So, yeah, I, I love that. Let's, let's take a quick minute real quick to talk about what this course is. I know you don't have it out yet, but what yeah. you're going to be able to offer in it. So to, just kind of give us a little, uh, not really backstory, but what everything is going to be covered on that course. Okay. So a little backstory is my wife is an educator in Japan. So when we started this whole thing, she ended up, well, we'll get to that in a minute, but she, she has, written and published a couple of books in Japan and has courses in Japan so people can invest here. And she's been pushing me for years to do this. And actually I haven't even ever told anybody that I'm doing this. So this is, yeah, so I've never, I've never actually said anything to anybody about this, but um, it is seriously basics. It's how to get your, you know, what together, and get your mental mental mind game together, get your credit together, finance, get financing the old fashioned way, and then I'll teach you how to get financing the, the tricky way. But what I want people to learn is how to do it the old fashioned way because you're gonna have to do that eventually anyway, right? Even right. if you're using the Burr method or anything else, you still have to get traditional financing in order to keep moving forward. Yeah, um, yeah. So I'm teaching you from the beginning, uh, my construction background, the fact that I've flipped, you know, a couple of hundred houses, um, you know, all of that stuff, I'm putting it in there, but I'm making it very simple. It's not a thick book. It's not a book, but it's very simple. It doesn't need to be complicated. It's not complicated. And quite frankly, everything that I talk about is for free on my videos. I've got, I'm sure, Numerous watched, videos. I'm sure you've watched all 400 of my videos, but I put out, almost a video every day yep. on real estate related stuff. And it is all free. If you want to absorb all that, you'll know everything that this course will teach you. I'm not trying to get you to buy something unless you really want to. But if you want it all bundled up together, great. So, and that'll be available in the next two to three months. Awesome. So you basically just, you know, compress 
just about all your videos in one place in a you know strategic order where someone can learn and take in all this info at a healthy pace. Right. And if they follow it from A to Z, they will be able to buy a house at the end. Awesome. I, I love that. You don't skip steps. So, yeah, no, that is great. And out of all the approaches that you're taking in the different real estate methods that you've done for investing over the years and currently, what is the one that you find to be the most profitable or the one that you actually enjoy doing the most? Wow. I know there's, it's a, it's a large question. It is. It is. Um, that's a big one. That's a big one. I've done developing. I've done multi-million dollar houses. I've done Hawaii. I mean, I've done so many different things and they're all different. They're but, all, yeah. You know, wholesaling is wonderful. You've got a lot of emotions involved in that. I would say a good solid flip in a good solid market in a neighborhood with good comps is hard to beat. Mm. Um, it, it seems like most flips tend to be houses that are hard to comp. A lot of investment houses are hard to comp, right? You know, right. It's, it's, it's that weird house that you get the better price on. It's not the cookie cutter house. And so that, that's the, that's the, the exciting thing. Like the one we got that, that, that will start, we'll actually start working on Thursday morning. It is a cookie cutter house in a neighborhood full of cookie cutter houses in a, like five city block area of cookie cutter houses. I mean, it's comp heaven, right? I mean, you get those houses every once in a while, right? Like when you get a client, you're, you're a real estate agent too, right? Of course. Yeah. So a client comes to you and says, yeah, I've got a three bedroom, two bath house on X, X, Y, Z street. I can already tell go, them. Yeah. And you go, Oh my God. Yeah, that's perfect. I just sold one around the corner and there's seven more that have sold in the last year. It's great. You know, and, right. And Easy to hit argue. the number. Yeah. And they can't argue with you on that. Right. Right. Benoit, Lemonai, numbers don't lie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right, Rick. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I love that. It, yeah, for those of you that don't know Rick German, he's a previous uh, multi-guest on the show. He's been on twice. Uh, Rick and Mark, they have, is it Wednesday nights? Wednesday nights at uh, 6. I'm sorry, we changed it to 5 o'clock Pacific, uh, 7 o'clock uh, Central, and 8 o'clock Eastern. Yeah. Awesome. So, so basically what they're doing is they're doing Instagram lives together where they're taking live Q and A's. Awesome. Yeah. I try to hop on every once in a while when I got some free time, I'll hop in there. You see me and I'll, That's I'll throw, a, yep, I'll throw a question up there just to check in on you guys. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, sure I think that's watching. awesome. Yeah, no, we love it. We, we enjoy it. I mean, we're old guys. I know I look really young, but I'm an old guy and um, a lot of years of experience, a lot of, a lot of mistakes and a lot of victories. So, um, you know, that's, I, I wish I had someone like me that had made so many mistakes early on that I could have talked to because right. everybody else, everybody else I talked to is like, Oh, it's great. Just do this. And, and, uh, and oftentimes that doesn't work. So, yeah, I mean today, I mean, you can even, you know, say this yourself from when you started investing, the amount of tools that are at people's disposal, the, the amount of books, the education, the free education, whether yes. you're talking bigger pockets, YouTube, anything, it's so easy to get started and it's so easy to be successful. And if you learn off of other people's mistakes, you, you can almost never make a mistake just by agree. doing what's already in motion. Yeah, I, I agree. I think the tendency to make mistakes is when you think it'll work for you, yep. even though it hasn't worked for anybody else. 
or when you think you can bend the rules or pay a little bit more, or you're buying based on price appreciation during the time that you're doing the project. Yeah. Um, all those things are the biggest, those are probably the, the biggest killers right there is the biggest one is thinking that you can pay a little bit more because prices are going up. Um, I think that's where I've seen most people sink and, right. and, you know, prices are going up and then it kind of levels off for six months and, you know, you got to pay interest that whole time. Yeah. So. And, and I think the aspect of, okay, you know, I bought wrong. If I can do a little bit extra, I can try to make this work. I think that's where another issue lies too, is yes. um, sometimes you, you price yourself on the neighborhood too. So doing renovations according to the neighborhood, you know, like something simple, you know, we're doing a burr right now. One of my contractors, he mm -hmm. texts me and he said, Hey, are you know, it's a two full bath. Are we doing soap boxes in the shower? You know, everything's already drywalled. So you just cut into the drywall and make right. it happen. Um, and I said, yeah, I think we're going to pass on that for the neighborhood. You know, it just doesn't match the neighborhood. We can do little shelves in the corner, but something that just takes a little bit extra labor and material. I know it mm -hmm. sounds silly, but it just doesn't match. And yeah, you could say oh, you can stand out, but we're already doing stuff, you know, a, a tile surround shower that stands out from the regular, just in, totally. in surround. That's brilliant. And I totally agree with that. If, if you can get away with doing less than do less. Exactly. You know, if it makes sense for it. Yeah. You know, we, we tend to spend money on staging because staging makes everything look great. It does. It does. And, and it's definitely something that most people do here. I mean, in, in Southern California, our flips are ridiculous what we have to do. I mean, we're almost everything's down to the studs and you know, a prehab, yeah, I'm doing one next week or this week, but that's pretty unheard of. But I'm, I've decided that's all I'm going to take on with, with, with our wholesale business. We'll just take what comes in that works for that. Yeah. And, and going back to what you're saying about staging, staging does make a huge difference. Um, being an agent myself, I see that a lot where uh, I, I had an apartment that I was switching over from an Airbnb to regular rental. The mm -hmm. Airbnb was just getting a little bit management heavy. That it mm -hmm. was a multifamily. So there's other tenants that it was, it was really affecting on their day-to-day -day life with all these guests at all hours. So I said, right. listen, let's just make it a regular rental. Well, you know, that way it's easier to manage. There's not as much going on. So right. instead of clearing it out, I actually left all the furniture in there. I left it furnished. People come in, oh my goodness, this is amazing. This is beautiful. You know, just because they saw it. And when you have an Airbnb furnished, you have a very simple furnish. It's, it's not right. someone's home. It's, right. you know, the living room was literally a, a rug, a couch, a coffee table, and a TV. You know, just something mm -hmm. simple as some pictures on the wall and a lamp. Mm -hmm. um, versus someone's personal belongings. And we were able to rent that out within one day, you know, because it was furnished, you had multiple exactly. come in, multiple applications. We got a, an amazing qualified tenant and you know, I was super happy about, but the power of staging is very important. So if someone has the opportunity to stage, I definitely suggest you do, you, whether it's a sale or even a rental. If you even yeah. do a rental as a staging, for, for example, my, uh, my partner and I, you know, we're, we're getting into syndications and mm -hmm. something we're coming across are model units. So they actually have a model unit close to the main office and they also right. have it furnished because they want you to feel like it's home. They want you to, you know, see what it looks like livable, not just a big empty space. Yeah. And I'm yeah, sure I, you can relate that to idea. that as well. Yeah. I love that idea. You know, we, we did a house in LA last year. No, I guess it, I guess we closed escrow beginning of this year. And I think we spent $15,000 on staging on that house. But I guarantee you, we got an extra probably $100,000 because of that. Yep. Uh, 
it was an absolutely worth it. Yeah, a, a good buddy of mine, Felipe Mejia, I believe it was, that did this oh, in Nashville. Uh, yeah, great guy. I think it was him that was telling me about this. There was a home sitting on the market for a while, mm-hmm. and you know he, he knew it was a good deal, but it, it just wasn't presented properly. Mm-hmm. And so what he actually did was, I believe they ended up purchasing it, staging it, doing next to nothing to it, and reselling mm-hmm. it at a profit simply because they presented it properly. Yeah. And it, it, the power of staging, you know? I mean, there's companies out there, staging companies that will come out, and stage yeah. your property for you for very, very low costs. And it, and it makes a world of difference. Yeah. I mean, we can do, I think we can do like a two bedroom, one bath for like three grand, which sounds like a lot, but if somebody can sit in the living room or sit at the dining room table and imagine themselves there, they can't do it if there's nothing there, but right. if they can sit there and look out the window, it just gives them, gets the juices flowing. So yeah, absolutely. Staging is, is, is key. It really is. And uh, it's something that a lot of people are always asking, you know, there's, there's two things that we always get all the time. It's uh, I don't have enough money or I don't have enough deals. I don't really want to talk about the whole money thing. We can get into private money in a minute if you'd like. Um, But I would like to talk about a little bit of how you are finding your deals. Obviously you said you're doing wholesaling, you're doing flipping, you know, you're doing a few different things. What are you seeing being most effective at the moment? Well, keep in mind, I kind of, I kind of slowed down on the, flipping thing for a while. So I had to fire that back up. So relationships, honestly, relationships with real estate agents by far will get you the most. But if you don't ever buy anything, you'll get forgotten about, you know, they will forget about you. So the, the guys that I work with, I've bought a lot of houses from them in the past. And, you know, oftentimes I'll let them relist them. So you have to give a lot, you know, I'll let them double end on the purchase. I'm a real estate agent, so I can get a commission on the purchase and I can list it myself. Right. So on a $500,000 house, uh, so that's five times two is tens. I mean, I'm giving up 20 grand yeah. after I pay my broker. I'm giving up $20,000 by letting them double end it and letting them list it. But I might make 40 grand on the flip. Right. So mm-hmm. it's worth it. It's worth it. I mean, I can be a, a jerk and go, yeah, screw it. I don't want to do that. And then I right. don't get anything, right? And you got so, a happy broker that's going to bring you deals. Yeah. Yeah. And they're going to bring them to you first. Uh, so that, and, you know, obviously something that most beginners can't do is we have a, uh, a marketing budget. Um, I think we're spending about $5,000 a month right now on it. And I think we're probably going to be up to 7,500 or 8,000 here in the next couple of weeks to bring leads in. And that is uh, cold calling, pay-per-click. We were doing a lot of texting, but uh, in this area, it wasn't really going well. And texting is a bit of an outlaw gray area. So we decided to kind of stop that. Um, Some of the, okay, you want to know some of the secrets, some of the things that other people hit on that really, really worked though is go talk to attorneys. They don't want to talk to you. Trust me, they do not want to talk to you. So you have to find a way to get into them. And that's the difficult part. But find attorneys that do probate, that do trusts, that do divorces. Mm. It's ripe. It is so ripe. And you know, think about this. Let's, let's just do some quick math. Let's say that you know 20 attorneys because you've been working your ass off introducing yourselves doing something for them, being of service to them. Sorry, I'm going to get preachy here. You've done something to stand out and be of service to them so that they notice you. Yep. 
and you've got 20 of them that give you one a year. That's nothing, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, they're handling a case a week. That's 52 a year. They're going to give you one deal a year each. And you got 20 of them. That's 20 deals a year. Yeah. And you're going to make 20 grand per deal, whether you wholesale it, whether you flip it, or you buy, or let's say you buy and hold a couple of them. But, you know, what's two times two? I mean, you're talking four, $400,000. Yeah. No, you, you're... I believe so. Yeah. I, I was never good on math on a calculator in front of me just because of real estate. I keep a calculator right next <laughs> to me when good. I do all this. Simple math I'm good at. Algebra, no. Um, but, you know, the funny thing is, is the money is there if you want to put the effort into it. But man, it takes a F load of work. You're going to, you're going to be, you're going to work really, really hard for the first couple of years and you're going to scratch it. It's like when you first started in real estate, it's not like, you know, listings were raining down on, on your head. You're ready to make no money the first year kind of thing. That's how real estate is. Yeah. Yeah. But, but that's the price you've got to pay. Any business you start is not going to go well. Yeah. It just isn't because you're going to be learning things. You're going to go, Oh yeah, that's stupid. I spent 10 grand on that. I didn't need to. Uh, and we still do that. You know, we still try marketing techniques that don't work. They fail miserably, but we have to keep trying new things. So if you can stick with it long enough and you can, and you can find just a couple of things that work, you'll go, you'll, you'll go bonkers. Yeah. Um, and and I- we did go bonkers for a while and now we're getting, we're getting back up to bonkers speed right now. So within six months, we'll be bonkers again. I don't care if the economy goes up. I don't care if it goes down. I started investing in 2009, 2010. I knew no better. Everybody else was leaving and I was just coming in. So it doesn't matter when you start. Yeah, no. And and it's that saying that you start now, you wait for appreciation, you know, you wait for the market to go down, but the market's just going to appreciate more and more. It's like, man, I wish I got him back there. Don't wish, take action today. And you know, you know, my favorite story calculate is risks. My, my, and you're right. I totally agree. My favorite story is one that I totally made up. It's, a, it's an absolute, it's, I made it up. It's not real. But I tell this story about my neighbor that lives behind me. That, that part's real. He's old, old dude. He bought in my neighborhood brand new for, let, I, let's say, $30,000. I think that's how much these houses were, $25,000, $30,000 uh-huh. back in 1961. And somebody else moved in two years later across the street from me that paid $35,000. And everybody made fun of him, right? Everybody made fun of him. He was the, he was the idiot that paid too much. He was the new guy. You know, he's still known as the idiot amongst the three people that are still alive in my neighborhood that bought originally. But is he really an idiot? Those houses are now worth a million dollars. And they paid 30 and 35. I mean, you have to put it in perspective. Real estate always forgives. It just takes time. You know, I don't, I don't want anybody to pay too much, but the, there's two simple rules to real estate. It's got to be a deal when you buy it, A, and B, it has to cash flow. Yeah. It yeah. is not any more complicated than that, but people, there's, well, there's this formula and this. No, it's just simple math, guys. There's nothing to it. But most people make it so complicated, their numbers come out wrong. <laughs> you know? No, you're, you're 100% right. And I love that story that, you know, after long enough, you know, real estate can be forgiving, but you got to buy right. It's got to cash flow from day one. I, yes. I mean, 
obviously we're not talking about syndications here, but something I'm going to bring up just because that's what we're doing is oh, please you know, do. We, we look for stuff that cash flows from day one because we've got investors who are looking for quarterly payouts, quarterly distributions. So sure. that's one of our, you know, one of our criterias or your criteria is we will not look for look at anything that doesn't cash flow from day one. We have to purchase at a price that puts money in our investor's pocket. And then we can gradually reposition the property and add more cash flow to their pocket. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's true. It, it's all about buying a deal, not buying someone else's wealth is what it comes down to. Right. I love it. I love it, man. I, you know, if, 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 if those of us that are being listened to out there, you know, guys like you, guys like me, guys like Rick and Felipe and everybody else, that people are listening to for, for solid advice, if they can just understand that concept, they will succeed yep. with work. <laughs> yes. Yes. With work. Yep. You got to find the deals and you got to go through some heartache, but um, it, it will, they will succeed. They will succeed. So yeah. it, it's not a complicated formula. Well, do you have anything else you want to touch on? Or are we going to switch into the next section of our show? Uh, no, I mean, I, I, uh, I, I tend to just go off on a tangent now and then. So you're being very forgiving. I appreciate that. No, that's fine. That's why I wanted to have you on the show. I love it. You're, you've been doing this for a while. You've been doing a lot of different things. You're filled with knowledge. I mean, you know, we could do a whole series together just talking about all the different aspects. Uh, for sure. I'm, you know, I'm sure we'll have you back on the show here. So what awesome. I wanted to switch over to is the curious cues. So I'm going to throw some questions at you that we ask all of our guests and I want to get your answer on them. Yeah. First question is your favorite podcast you enjoy listening to. What have I been listening to lately? Yours. Oh, well, thank you. Come on. Give me another one though. Um, no. Um, okay. I, I, I'll, I'll, I'll try to do this quick. My memory is just atrocious. Uh, you okay. know what I've been listening to is a, a, a lot of uh, real estate disruptors, Steve Trang and Phoenix. Okay. He's uh He's a really sharp guy and I like him. Um, Eddie Speed, um, I listen to him a lot. He doesn't put a lot of info out. He's, he's very hit and miss on his podcasts, but uh, uh, it's creative financing. Um, I've done a lot of creative financing and, uh, you know, uh, I want to learn something. I, my mindset is good now, right? You know, I, I, right. I, I do my morning mindset thing. But right now, when I listen to a podcast, I want to learn something that I don't know. I want meat. Um, so, and for, for guys like us, you got to find someone that's better than you. And I'm not Always. saying I'm good, but I'd rather be in a room full of people that are way smarter than me and be the fly on the wall than be the smartest guy in the room. Um, and I know that's a cliche, but, you know. So anyway, it, that's what I listen to. Anything that's most. meaty. Anything that's meaty that gives me value. That's what I like to listen to. I like it. Okay. And next up, favorite book people can go grab today that you enjoyed Rocket reading fuel. that you think they would. What's Rocket that? Fuel. Rocket Fuel. I've heard that. I've heard that a little bit. Yeah. What's Fire that Rocket. book about? Um, Rocket Fuel. It, I, I always thought I was a flaky, disjointed guy that couldn't concentrate and was all over the place and couldn't stick to things. And I found out that I was. And that, that's me. But I always, and I still, to this day, I still feel, I still feel less of a person because of it, but I'm getting over it. It's, it's something that I've gone through personally that's been 
honestly, since I was a little kid, it's been very hurtful. And, you know, I was the kid in the back row in the corner that the teacher just said, just go back there and just do your thing. Uh, and I was, I'm not crying about it because it's turned out really well for me, but I, I have a problem follow, following directions and crossing the finish line. So I found out that mostly what I do is have ideas that I can get started, but I have to have people finish them for me. So uh, Rocket Fuel told me that I am, I am that person. And then there's another person that comes along and has to actually do the boring stuff, which is actually following through with the programs, writing things and, and putting programs into action. And that's a facilitator. And there's, there, you've got to have both people in your company, whether your partners or their employees. And that's one thing I learned. I, I learned that I'm not stupid and that I actually have a gift. And that was, if you're like that at all, scattered and unorganized, um, it's, not a, it's not an excuse. It's just a nice to know that that's where you're at. That's where your head's at. So there's nothing wrong with you. You're just that person. Make sense? It does, yeah. Okay. And then Great. it shows you how to build your business around that. So that, that, that meant so much to me knowing, you know, I hate to say it at 57, I need validation just like everybody else. You know, I get up and comb my hair and brush my teeth in the morning because we're, we're, van, we're vain until the day we die, right? We still want to look good every single day, no matter how oh, old yeah. we And we want to be appreciated. We want to be smart. So having that validation meant so much to me. So anyway. That's, no, that's I it. like it. That's anyway. great. And that's uh, Gina Wickman, correct? Correct. Awesome. All right. Uh, biggest hurdle in real estate you've had to overcome? Decision making. Mm. And, and what, in what area? All of them. You know, there was a time we were doing, you know, several houses a month in Memphis. We were doing two or three houses a month in Sacramento and like one a month here in, in Southern California. And um, I had staff, but pulling the trigger on all those houses and making decisions, that's one of my, that's one of the things I'm embarrassed to say that I'm not as good at as, the, as I would like to be. Because people mm. look at me and they go, oh, he must be a decision maker because look at what he's done. It's not the case. I am as human as everybody else out there. You cut me and I bleed. Amen um, to that, brother. Yeah. And, and you know, the, the night sweats and the terror at night and stuff like that, that's the big thing I have a problem with is, is, is making quick decisions. But I'm getting better at it because I'm learning that I can say no or I can say yes, but maybe it doesn't need to be in the vocabulary. Yeah. If it, maybe it's a no. If it's a yes, it's a yes. You know, it doesn't I, I overcomplicate things. I don't know. Do you do you have that situation too? <laughs> yeah, mo most definitely. You know, I, I get in the same mindset as you do as well. I mean, as a lot of investors do and just, you know, with the, the whole decision making aspect mm -hmm. of this business every day, there's decisions that need to be made. And as you being the owner of whatever you're doing in real estate, meaning, you know, I'm talking to anyone here every day you are faced with making decisions that could make or break you. You know, yeah. it's just, do I buy this? Do I hold this? Do I renovate this? Do I let this tenant in? Do I hire this contractor? Do I go with this insurance? You know, do I spend a little bit less and, and take a bigger risk or spend more and not be riskful at all? You know, it's just, that's part of the business and it's all about who can make the best decisions for the most part in the best time frame. 
Yes. Yes. I'm glad you put that at the end because that's the biggest problem, especially in this business. You think about it for a couple of hours, it's going to be gone. It is. It is. And especially in today's market too, you think about a purchase and it could be gone in a minute. Yeah. So yeah, you, you I, I'm so glad you added that onto the end. That is so important. Timing, you know, people, they think about and they analyze and they, they're paralyzed and you know, all those cliches. That's what kills you. That's yep. what kills you. And sometimes you make bad decisions, but you keep moving forward, right? Um, oh, yeah. I, I, could, I could have made many more bad decisions than I've made. But because I've made bad decisions, I would have probably made many more good decisions that would cancel out the bad decisions, right? So, you know, I, I said that thing earlier, you know, I always feel like I'm taking two steps forward and one step back. Sometimes there's three steps back and sometimes there's five steps forward, but there's always a little bit of forward movement, but there's always a little, a little less backward movement. Does that make sense? It does. Yeah. Okay. So that's, what's going to happen. So if you do it on a bigger scale, you'll just tend to have more success in my opinion. So yeah. I'm learning this 11 years later. I'm, I'm learning this now that taking more chances calculated risks is better than thinking about things for a long time. So. Yeah, no, you're hundred percent right. I, Mark, what do you enjoy doing when you're not doing real estate? What's your favorite non real estate related hobby? Um, I am a avid backpacker. I, I like to backpack. Nice. Uh, I like to fly fish up in the Sierras that in fact, I'm supposed to leave on a trip here in a couple of days, but it's uh little fiery and smoky up there right now. So I can't go. Yeah. That's what I've been hearing. Um, and then we, uh, my uh, sons and I, we have a fishing boat. So we go out in the ocean uh, quite often. Uh, my wife and I do a lot of walking. We have a dog that we're, I'm, I'm a, I'm, I'm a, I'm a mess. I'm a puddle when she's that, when she's around. So that's the, that's the, you know, a big, a big deal to us. So, so you're an outdoorsy kind of guy. You like to get out yeah, there and get I, active. Yeah, I like to shoot and kill things. There you go. I like it. <laughs> no, you're not joking. I know you're not joking. No. <laughs> Maybe a little bit. I don't know. Maybe but uh, yeah, I like I like the outdoors. I like I find every three months if I can get away by myself, uh, and I don't always take the kids with me. If I can get away by myself out in the middle of nowhere without a phone, it's a it's a great thing. I like it. Without a phone, that's the part I need to take note of. Anyways, on to the next one. <laughs> yeah, we'll talk about that later. Right. Uh, newbie advice. So I know you you tailor towards a lot of people that are looking yeah. to get started. But yeah. if someone's listening to this podcast that, you know, they're kind of discouraged or, hey, they're looking to get yeah. started, what advice yeah. would you give them? Absolutely. Love the question because I will tell you, uh, the number one thing is don't overcomplicate it. Don't that. Yeah. This isn't rocket science. You're going to buy something and rent it out. You're going to buy something and flip it. It doesn't have to be complicated. If you're in the Midwest, you may be buying it for thirty or forty thousand dollars. Even less complicated. You know, in my neck of the woods, in the worst neighborhood, houses are going for four, four fifty. Wow. That's where you know it's nasty. That, that, that's Compton and Watts, um, which I own. That's where I started flipping houses. Is Compton and Watts. Um, so don't be afraid of those neighborhoods. That, that, those are places where people live. There's a bad element, but most people are good people and you'll find great success in those areas. But the biggest thing people do is they start at step three and step one is really the best 
place to start. And step one yes. is, <laughs> I, I, I know I can't say bad words here, but get it together. Get your yeah. you know together first. You know, you can't, you can't get into this game if you're messed up. You need to get your head straight. You need to get your finances straight. And I know people, a lot of people out there say, no, just go for it. Just go for it. Mm -mm. You know, take the time to get your credit squared away. Take the time to get your debt squared away. Take the time to get your head straight so that when you have to make decisions later on, you don't have to deal with all that crap too. Yeah, you tend to make bad decisions right. when you're under pressure. So get your life together first. Get pre-qualified for a loan. I don't care. I, I, I'll teach you how to raise private money. Okay. It's not rocket science either, but I don't want you to get private money to start with. I want you to get a loan because you're going to have to get a loan to get out of the private money. And what's going to happen is if you've got private money, if you're lucky enough that someone loans you money or you get a hard money loan and you decide to keep that property. Now, what are you going to do? You go to the bank and they go, no, I'm not going to loan you money. What are you going to do? Yeah. You know, there's not much you can do. You, there's a good chance you'll lose the house. So do it in steps. I've got a list. In fact, I'll repost it. There's a list of steps on my bio on link or not LinkedIn, sorry, on uh, Instagram. And it's just a simple two page free thing. It's how to get started, how to get your first house. It's really, really easy. And start on that this weekend. Start on that tonight. You know, I'll, I'll make sure Austin puts it back up. Um, but start on it tonight. Just get started. Get the ball rolling. Don't, don't go out and waste a real estate agent's time. Don't go say, I want to go look at houses and call your favorite real estate agent and say, I'm ready to look at houses. No, you're not. You haven't taken the first money. step. Yeah. Take, take all the steps first so that you are confident that you can move forward and then do it. Then do it. Don't talk yeah. about it. Do it. I like it. That, that's good advice. And last question I've got here for you is where do you see yourself in 10 years? Um, I will be splitting. My wife is from Japan. So I will be splitting my time probably three months in Japan, probably four months in Hawaii. Um, and then the rest of the time will be here in Southern California or traveling around the world. Um, I love you know, it. We've, we've kind of, kind of started that lifestyle a little bit. Um, we're going to have, we're going to have a little, uh, a little catching up to do after COVID's squared away, but that's cool yep. though. I love the challenge. We'll come back stronger. Um, so yeah, that's, I, I'm one of those guys that I can retire and I can stay very busy with my hobbies and my wife and, um, uh, my kids will, I've, I've only got one left at the house. He's 16. Uh, I have a 30 year old and a 23 year old. So they're doing their thing. They didn't want to do real estate, which is cool by me. They'll end up with an awful lot of real estate when I'm gone. So, <laughs> um, they don't even have to do real estate. I'm doing it all for them. Yeah. So, um, that's what I plan on doing and I'm, I'm doing it now, but I plan on doing a whole lot more of it at that point. So. Awesome. I, Mark, I, I love your attitude, how positive you are, even through, you know, like you said, you know, with COVID you've taken a hit, but you're so positive and you're still taking the time to help out others, not just yourself. I really appreciate that. I also very much so appreciate you taking the time this evening to be a guest on the show. I, I'm, I'm happy I've been able to have you on here and I'm sure others are happy that they get to hear 
you know, what you've got going on and the advice you have, because it's great advice. Uh, Mark, where can people connect with you, follow you, listen to your videos, all of that good stuff? Uh, Instagram, Mark McMahon Real Estate, easy to find. And then Mark McMahon on uh, YouTube. Um, I don't post there as often. I try to try to do it once a week, but you know, life gets in the way. Um, LinkedIn, don't bother. That's just mostly for real estate agents and I don't do much there. But uh, yeah, if you have any questions, like I said, download that list. It really, it sounds so dumb and I push it so hard, but it really helps. It really helps to have a little map. And, and you know, if you skip a step, it's your fault. Yeah. You, you screwed up. Nobody else did. Um, and then if you want someone to hold your hand a little bit more, there'll be a course available, but you know, I don't, I, I certainly didn't come on here to even talk about that. It's funny you brought it up. Um, but that'll be available, but honestly, you can literally get going with the videos that I put out and that list. If you just do that, if you just do that, you'll know enough to get going. It's not that I'm the smartest guy in the world. Just remember, I made most, most of the mistakes. So I share that. Awesome. I love it. Well, again, Mark, thank you so much for taking the time this evening. And uh, we'll be talking to you soon. Thanks, man. I appreciate it. It was really fun. I'm so glad we finally got to do this. Thanks for listening. We hope you were able to take some value away from today's episode. For more information or to connect with Dante, visit victorycapgroup.com. See you next week.